All right. All right. All right. right. Pick it up where we left off. We sure are. And so. Giant, fiery, flaming angels with eyeballs all over. We sure are getting that, aren't we? So, hello, dear listeners of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. What's going on? Happy pre-Halloween. Pre-Halloween. How's it going? Pre-Halloween. Pre-Halloween. It's good. It's good. I always... We were just... Uh, the month cannot get here soon enough, right? I know. I'm so excited. Uh, ever, so, you know that show <sighs> Intervention on TV? <laughs> yes. So, you know how they always do the, the pre-intervention? Yes. I don't know why I think this joke is so funny, but every time that every time we used to watch it, me and Katie, and every time the part would come on, it would show pre-intervention. I'd go, ah, the printervention. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. Because you're just a goof. That's the kind of high quality comedy you get on the Mad Scientist podcast. You do, Jake. And <sighs> God love our our Patreon members oh for sticking it out. You're such such bombats. God for them. Jake, roll the tape. Welcome to the Mad Scientist Podcast. Okay, Marie. Yeah, what's so, going on? What's the story? So, what's the hap? So last episode. Demons, you say. Demons. Last episode. Demons, you say. Last episode, we ended by talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the hinting at the fall of Satan, also known as mm-hmm. Lucifer. Because uh, mm-hmm. he wasn't Satan, right? But we're gonna get into we're gonna get into that a little bit on this mm-hmm. episode, I think. But mm-hmm. um, so okay, so we have these classifications of angels, but there's this idea floating around, which is, well, if right, like if if there is a if there's a god out there who's the, the ultimate good, but then mm-hmm. there's also these angels out there, right, mm-hmm. that are kind of floating around and seem to have similar kinds of powers of as God and you know, are almost as good as God is. They're his agency, right? Right. Then Acting as an agency, yeah. Right, and, and, and angels are the only ones that humans have any kind of real real interaction with, right? Anytime mm-hmm. God acts, like, there's very few times where God specifically calls out to anyone. Um, most of the time it's an angel messenger or something doing something on God's behest. Yes. Then what is it, to, you know, why why would a human, or why would an angel for that matter, not consider the idea that, well, you know, I'm the one doing all the work here. Yes. And why am I doing all the work? Right. Too? What why is the I, point? Why am why I'm doing all this, this work for this inferior product, right? Well, for these people, these humans. And so that's where we get into this idea of, of Satan, of uh, an angel who falls away from God mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first, uh, probably the most common description of this, and this is kind of an interesting thing. One of the most common descriptions that most people probably know of is found in the book of revelations. Uh, it's revelations, uh, chapter 12 verses seven through 10. So it, it goes like this quote, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. End quote. Mm -hmm. That is really the classical story of Satan's Satan and his angels fall from heaven. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that that comes in the book of revelation, which is supposed to be a view of the future. Hmm. Now, mm-hmm. there's a few uh, there's a few ways to look at this. One is that this is a, uh, a basically history repeating itself. That at the end of time, Satan will again rise up with his angels to overtake heaven. It won't work, and he'll be cast out. And that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of the uh, the the sort of the the antichrist view, right? That uh, you know Satan mm-hmm. will come to power in the end times, and then you know Christ will throw him down. Uh, another w- reading of this, though, which is kind of interesting and is very similar to Skyrim, is that uh, actually this is a this is a cyclical view of time, that this happens uh-huh. at the end of time and at the beginning of time. That every cycle, the devil, 
Satan and his demons will rise up. Every cycle, God will prevail. And every time that happens, kind of a new age or a new timeline is started. Pretty yes. kind of interesting. I don't know how that's like Skyrim, but okay. In, I'll have to take your Okay, because it. in Skyrim, Alduin okay. is the world eater and he rises up every time and then he gets thrown back now. It's a whole big thing. Uh, we'll talk about thing. it. We'll talk about it. Anyways. <laughs> you know would be excellent for one episode, listeners, is to have like one episode I explained Star Wars just to, 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 to Cogs. You should explain this whole Skyrim thing to me. I really should. Because uh, totally... Totally fine. It's a game, right? I'm assuming it's a game. It is a game, but it's, it's right, more like a lifestyle, Marie. I was gonna say, I know that it's, I know it's very important. I just, didn't, you know, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I still have Skylanders. I don't, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's very okay. good. So oh, good. Uh, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There have been a couple of fallen angels in history, right? Satan is not the first one. <laughs> No, so no. Um, there are other stories like this from other places. So, for instance, the Book of Enoch has the story of uh, the Watchers who became uh, basically became enamored with human women. They use the word enamored, which basically means they like the way human enamored. women. They, they like the way human w- women looked. They seduced them and then they had children. And these mm-hmm. children were uh, were these horrible Uh, kind of uh, giant, terrible things, right? And so Mm -hmm. uh, specifically they talk about the the head of this angel class who had sex with human women were Shemyeza. And then there was the leader, uh, that was the leader Shemyeza, and then Azazel, who was another one. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, it seems like these angels were part of that class who teaches humans uh, art and sciences and things. Specifically because Azazel was specifically rebuked um, in the Book of Enoch, by saying that he actually gave humans instructions on how to perform sorceries. Oh. And because of that, uh, Raphael, the archangel, uh, comes down, chains Azazel in the desert, um, and is mm-hmm. then blamed for the corruption of the earth. So there's hmm. that story, right? There's another mm-hmm. story. Um, there's another story in the Book of Enoch about uh, three fallen angels, Azazel, Azza, and Uzza. Again, these were angels who taught human sorcery um, mm-hmm. and uh, later were were, uh, were actually later still left in heaven, which is quite fascinating. It's kind of interesting. This is like a story of angels teaching humans too much, but then um, still being allowed into heaven by God's forgiveness or something, but then eventually falling. Yeah. Like It's kind of interesting, right? So, um, so you have this idea about... What's the word? You have this idea about uh, angels who decide to have sex with human women, creating these monstrosities, and then the monstrosities, the women, and the demons are all cast out. Yeah, because right? it's the chick's fault. It's absolutely. Every single time, Marie, you yeah. evil women with your wily ways. That right? must be it. Yeah. Um, and so you have... Uh, and they were still making 63 cents on the demon's dollar. But whatever, that's cool too. I'm not even going to bring that up. So you, had, so you have this idea then that it's, it's a, the, some, mm-hmm. something to do with the temptation of humans that leads to the formation of, of demons, right? And uh, over time, what kind of gets solidified is that it is specifically uh, Satan's pride that leads to him mm-hmm. being thrown out from heaven. A little bit. Like, I think, yes. I also think that, like, what, 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 like, again, if you look at sort of late, well, maybe not, not that much later, but like Milton and the other stories as well, is that what, what is his, what's Satan's motivation for doing this? What's the, the fissure that, that takes him away from God's love, right? From, he, he falls from the light, literally, because, like his his name, right? Lucifer, in can we so can we start talking about that? Absolutely, now? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like Lucifer is like literally is a light bringer, mm-hmm. morning star. He was the most resplendent. Like if you read about him in in um, books or in in any of the sort of the literature, he's resplendent. He's literally physically brighter than the other angels. So God's light or love is especially is especially focused on him. He is 
the, one of the best examples of of what the angel is mm-hmm. and, and of God and God's love. And so what would take something like that and and not just like make him envious or make him want to lead somebody astray, but or all of mankind, womankind, humanity astray, but like what is that like the analogy of that is to is is to become darkness, to lose mm-hmm. to lose the light of God, which is probably also like grief, you know, like to be all of a sudden introduced to this whole other host of emotions that these angels never had any kind of exposure to, right? He also became somewhat human because he he became wrathful. He became jealous. He lost God and became angry and then finally he fell and he was and he grieved. He he now grieves the loss every day of of not being in God's light anymore, mm. hypothetically. So I think that that's like one of the most interesting parts about like him and that story and sort of the motivation around him is that he, he did not understand from like, you know, Milton and, and all of the other like rebel, even revelations like the, yeah, the greater uh, serpent was held down, but like that he, um, wasn't just jealous, but th- th- he didn't understand how, like, what was so special about these people. What was so special about Jesus Christ? Well, that this this thing couldn't, you know, this this lowly inferior thing couldn't was was better than than all of these than the entire hier- hierarchy of of angels. Right. So there's a few. So there's a few different ways of. Uh, there's a few different kind of attributions, I guess, to why <laughs> Satan rebelled. Right. Mm -hmm. And they kind of tell the story about the they tell the story almost of the church or of Judeo Christian, uh, the Judeo Christian mythology or worldview shifting over time as well. So initially you had this idea of that, that Satan was cast out, um, cast out during the lifetime of humans. Right. So Mm -hmm. so so there's that idea, though, has all kinds of problems with it, which are, you know. Um, Satan was good. So there was, so what was there evil before Satan? Right. Or, or, or did Satan bring about all evil? What ha- or did people bring about all evil? Exactly. Did the creation of people bring about that because Ex- that's what, yeah, exactly. So, uh, over time it kind of coalesced into our current view, which sort of has the fall of Satan occurring way, way, way in the past on the, on the second or third day of creation in some tellings. Right before humans were even a, a, a twinkle in God's eye, so uh, so the first kind of one, one of the first ones, and this is the one that Marie was hinting at, and probably the one that was the most. I, I think I think this might be the one that is the most well known to most people, mm-hmm. is that um, Satan refused to be subservient to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So God yeah. said, you know, this is my son, and he is. Uh, basically next in line, right? If, if whatever he says, basically think of it, think of it as I'm saying it. And Satan's like, dude, I've been here since day one. Yeah. Right? You just had this kid with a lady you don't even talk to anymore. And he's going to... I'm not calling her mom. Right, you know what I mean? So Satan was basically saying that I am not going... No, like, why should... He is a, he's a human, right? Yes. And not only is a human, you've kicked angels out for doing what you did with his lady. So what's the deal? Yeah. What's so going on, man? Yes. Right? Yes. That is what leads to Satan's fall in that telling. Another one mm-hmm. is that when men were, when, when man, when humankind was first created, um, Satan refused to bow down to Adam. He, yes. God, God said, this is the, this is the best creation I ever had. This is the best thing. This is what all of us are going to be in service to is this thing. Um, right. So we want, you are in service to humans. And Satan was like, why? Like, why would I be in service to these things? You just created them. Like, you know, you got cats. Right. You got cats over here. You can tell me to be subservient to these kind of like hairless monkey dudes. I'd rather be subservient to the cats. Oh my God. But I mean, is it, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It is. In some ways, it is. Right. I mean, the basically Jesus, Adam or human, the fact was that he created something, God created something that was imperfect, markedly imperfect, right. which made it which made it more des- 
which made it more worthy of being loved and cared after than an angel. And right. In that creation, that's what, that's the, how I look at this, that's the, that's the whole, the whole big problem behind this whole thing. And that's, and that's, I think, a part of the story that, so the, funnily enough, I think Dogma does a really good mm-hmm. job of showing this part of the story. Oh, they, they, they actually do. Right, they do, they they do a really do. great job of this. Um, imagine, imagine a creator creates you to be perfect, right? You are a perfect, uh, you're a perfect machine. You are a perfect thing. You follow all of their orders to a T. You are never wrong. You are perfect. And then that creator makes something that is less complicated. Um, or I don't know, less complicated. That's getting weird, but make something that has a defect, make something that can mess up. I'm perfect. Right. It's going that to can, mess up. That's what they're on earth. That's all they're going to do. Right. It's just <laughs> right. And, mess and basically, up. and basically the creator says, well, that's the whole beauty of them is that if they choose to love me, it's not because I made them do it. Like you stupid angels, right? If they choose to love me, it's because they chose to do it. Right. Right. And the angels are like, what are you so t- dude? What? Like you made us this way. It's not our fault. You made us this way. Right. Right. And so that then leads to uh, the fall. Now that slippery slope. Right. And so that is also a part of another of these stories, which is that, um, and so those assume that, that angels basically didn't have free will until God created it for humans in some way. Right. Or, or at least their, their free will never got in the way, let's say of their duties or of their love of God or whatever. Um, the next version of this story is that Satan basically fell away from God because of his use of free will. He saw these problems. He saw um, disparities or whatever and decided, uh, you know, I I don't want to do this anymore. I I think I could be better than you. I think I could do it better than God. And so that's the other version of the story. Now, all of them have in common one central tenet, which is basically pride. Satan is prideful and he refuses to kind of bow down to God's commands or his son or whatever. Yes. Right. And it's similar to other stories of gods being cast out of the heavenly sphere. Right. <laughs> the, the casting out of Hephaestus. Um, right. Like this, this is a relatively common motif. Yes. Um, yes. But, but that's the nail that sticks up surely shall be pounded down. Right. right. And so, and so that's, that's kind of the story generally of the fall of Satan. And so, yeah, but it wasn't just like, he didn't just go quietly either. Right. No, he created, I mean, he caused a war in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like, you know, he was kind of a little bit of a Esther, you know, a, a little rabble rouser, a little bit, original rabble rouser. a little bit. So um, that leads us to the next thing, hmm. which is OK. So Satan falls and he brings with him a buttload of other angels who all think this is a good idea. Yeah. Who are right? all so like we're the with original. You. Yeah. This is the original like. He talks them into it. hypothetically. I'm I'm from my from what I'm remembering of Milton and everything else is better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Absolutely, and also will, also said yes. in also said in dogma. Um. Also said in dogma. <laughs> you guys, you guys, turn this podcast off if not for just a moment and go and watch dogma. Go watch dogma. It it actually is really 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 good. Totally, really good. It's absolutely um, good. It's really good and it's very touching. Um, but then come back to us and finish this. Um, you know, so I can't even. So he takes a bunch of angels with him, you know, because again, they're all like, yeah, yeah, no, this Lucifer's guy, you know, he's on to something. This is a good idea, you know. And so again, they all turn, literally turn their back on God and God's love and God's light. And, and that's what, like, that, you know, and, and then from there, it's just, it's probably not the. The timeshare vacation that was promised them. No, and so you end. Right. So, you, so again, you end up with this kind of this hierarchy of demons again, just like there was for angels, and we're going to get mm-hmm. into that. But I think what's really interesting is uh, this question, I guess, of of okay, so what are Satan's motives then, or what are the motives of these evil beings supposed to be? Right. So they fall in, they turn their backs on God, whatever. And in in my mind, kind of the the central point of the idea here is. God loves them because they're imperfect. Well, we will corrupt them then. Yes. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll show them how imperfect they can be. 
Yes, we will do nothing but prove their imperfectness. Right. And so uh, you end up with this idea, right, of, um, of what's the word, of this area where uh, Satan resides and basically takes the spirits of uh, the damned. Mm-hmm. Now, which what, what were the spirits of the damned doing before this? Exactly. It's super interesting, right? <laughs> and also, it also makes you wonder, like, was hell there before or not? Yeah, was purgatory? Maybe they were just kind of hanging out. They were all queued up. Well, and so and so here's the thing, right? Hell, hell, even in even in modern day, hell is defined by the church as the Catholic Church, at least, as being a state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed. Right. Yes. So it is, it is literally like a, um, it's, it's basically about you're, you're no longer being near God. And so God right. is no longer caring for you. And so the demons have you. you right. Yeah, so, so yeah, um, you're no longer in his light, just like, like the light bringer. That's, that is God's love, God's light, sort of the, the sovereignty and the, the power. And now it's, you have, you have lost your way. Right. So this is, this is, this, this yeah. is from the catechism of the Catholic church, right? So quote, um, Jesus, greatest hits people. Jesus often spokes of Gehenna of the unquenchable fire reserved for those who to the end of their lives refuse to believe and be converted where both soul and body can be lost. Jesus solemnly proclaims that he will send his angels and they will gather all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire and that he will pronounce the condemnation. Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire. The teaching of the church affirms the existence of hell in its eternity. Immediately after death, the souls of those who die in a state of mortal sin descend into hell where they suffer the punishments of hell, eternal fire. The chief punishment of hell is eternal separation from God in whom alone man can possess the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he longs, end quote. But again, that's, that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really answer too much. I mean, so there's, there's a fiery, right? Fiery pit. You get your, your archetypal fiery pit, but you finally get the ruler of the fiery pit, right? Like now it has an agency. It's got, you know, there's a plan to it. Right. And the, the problem is that there's this question of, um, does God control, does God control hell? Does the devil control hell? Right. And so there's some questions. There's some questions here. One idea is that God holds back the souls of the damned until the day of judgment. So there isn't even a hell right now. There's just purgatory. What's the, what's Satan up to? He's chilling, I guess, tricking people into, I don't know, heavy metal. <laughs> right? Oh, you were in that heavy metal music. Yeah. Oh, my God. I did see, by the way, really quick, quick diatribe. I again saw another another millennial wearing a Slayer No. Hoodie. Which was so, which I actually was like, sweet hoodie, got the full Slayer, had the pentacle and the, you know, the full, and I was like, nice, hmm. that's what I'm talking about right there, some Slayer, my sister, you're all of 17, maybe, fresh cut, <laughs> like, had a little bungee in her hair and some sensible shoes, she was adorable, and then she had this hoodie, it's great. Uh, nice. Scaring her parents. So, so he, Slayer. So here's the thing, right? Um, in, in a lot of interpretations, the devil doesn't actually control hell at all. In some interpretations, the devil is like in just the worst part of hell. Like he's in the hottest, fieriest part. They like, he's there to be mm -hmm. punished. He's not to do the punishing. It's really from, so actually in the book, in, in, in the Bible, in the book, in the Bible, right? So Revelations mm -hmm. 2010 quote, the devil who deceiveth them was cast into the lake of fire end quote. And then in Ezekiel, it says, quote, I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. You shall be no more forever, end quote. So um, the devil in, in this interpretation is sent to hell for punishment, right? Mm -hmm. But it is only until the inferno of Dante that we get this view of the devil controlling hell, of demons controlling hell. Yes. 
right? And that's really where we get this yeah. viewpoint of, say, I mean, it was out there before, right, and whatever, but it's from these visions of hell where theologians are saying, oh, my God, I saw the devil biting on some dude, and there were people at pokers, and, right, like, I, I saw a guy on a spit like a hot dog, and they were oh, feeding him God. hot dogs. Um, oh. you know, it's not even a dry heat. It's terrible, right? So um, It's a humid heat. The other thing that's really fascinating, actually, is that the, the uh, hell again, is a is a, uh, tr- is a translation, right? Like everything else in the Bible, there's a lot of translating mm-hmm. that happened, right? So um, mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, it's the word shoal, which means grave, that is often replaced with hell. In the New mm-hmm. Testament, it's Hades, which means the, the grave, Gehenna, mm-hmm. which means the place of burning, um, or Tartarus, which means a place of darkness. So, Interesting. Th- so this idea but- of there being a, a literal hell is from basically the church over time merging its mythology together. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is in Dante, the ultimate center of hell is not hot. No. Right? It's not hot in the least. It's freezing cold. That's, and to me, like, that was kind of a big inversion of, of what everything that you've sort of archetypally been taught about hell, right? Yeah. And also, again, sort of like, in Dante, it makes sense. Like that is that it is it is you're not there is no fire, there is no feeling, there is no heat. It's all cold. You're frozen because you have turned. There's no love. There's no anything. You're pretty much out of luck. Mm-hmm. Bum bum bum. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um. Oh. So it's it's interesting, right? Really quick, are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna do are we, are we calling out some ABCs yet? Oh, absolutely we can, Marie. Okay. <laughs> so, as part of this story, mm-hmm. we wanted to... Uh, we wanted because I got excited. Right. We wanted to do the ABCs here because there's so many demons. In fact, I have a book here, The Dictionary of Demons by Michelle... Just one? By Michelle Belanger. Um, uh-huh. Or Michelle Belanger. Um, but... There's, I mean, this is like, what is it? How, how many pages is this book? I'm on First of all, I can't believe you just, just, you have just one book on this. This must be your like, this is the first tome that I collected when I was 12. <laughs> I found it at a garage sale I, okay, and then I do have, burnt it with some smudged sage. I do actually have a lot of books. Um, this is like 330 pages. Whew. Amazing. Okay. So, and so we weren't going to get to all of them, so we wanted to kind of call out some, and it'd be kind of fun for you, the listeners, to hear about some of this mythology mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay, so, A is for Abbas, A-B-A-S. All right, I'm gonna, oh. and I'm going to read from this book not, here. Not A-B-B-A. Not, not Abba, but I thought that'd be funny because my mom loves Abba. Um, <gasps> Dora! Okay, so Abbas, in the sacred magic of Abramelim the mage, Abbas is listed as a demon of lies and trickery. He can be called upon to assist the magician in matters dealing with illusion as well as spells and invisibility. Um, the demon is, uh, he's the king of the regions below the earth. His province includes the riches of the earth, and he is said to be able to locate and provide all manner of costly metals, including silver and gold. He's also said to be able to cause earthquakes. And he, oh. he also is one of the principal demons in charge of alchemy. Which is why he is one of I think I think he's a cool one. Um, okay, back to the story here, Marie. Wait a minute, I, I have. Oh, one. you have one! I'm so excited, Dude. Marie. Let's hear yours. Dude, first of all, you can't, you can't, you can't just throw out one name because first of all, there's like a bazillion and seven of these things, which is again I think the difference between your angels right you got your hierarchy of angels that really they have names but they're not we only know four as robust right or as as so i got i got me here uh abaddon okay hebrew the destroyer and the advisor said to be one of the chief demons and is regarded as the destroying angel mm, interesting so abandon came from that probably uh, and then there was one other one that was really pretty good, Abagor. Yeah. Allegedly a warrior demon who commands 60 regions. He is a, a god of Grand Duke of Hell, and he appears in a pleasant form. Ooh. What? A pleasant form? What, he shows up as uh, Adam Scott or something? <laughs> like, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. 
<laughs> oh, nice. Good stuff. I don't know. All right. Okay. So. Oh, one more. One more. <laughs> one more. One more. Uh... I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Ahazu is a demon, the Caesar demon of the night. Seize as in S-I-E-Z-E-R. Oh, the seizure. Caesar demon of night. Not seizure. It's not with a U. It's a Caesar. Like he seizes? But it could be se- he seizes okay. you in the night. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. I'm I afraid. Don't know either, but I'm just lo- like, what is up with? Okay. Anyways, please continue. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now we get to this idea of so again. There's some dis- there's some dispute here, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and actually, I think this is a pretty good. Um, so, uh, this idea again of the of the devil being in hell and ruling there is from people like Dante, Milton, right? Um, other places mm-hmm. like that. Um, the only time in the a couple of times in the Bible where, where kind of Satan or the demon or the, the, the dragon or whatever is referenced, but it specifically says that, uh, it specifically says that he is, uh, basically he, he's been shunned from God's presence and now goes about the earth. Ah, so, yes. um, so again, it's kind of this distinguish between our mythology and kind of what it says in the actual book. Right. But, um, but it's interesting now, um, one of these interesting things is about actually how, um, so, okay. We now have these demons that are out there with Satan, right? They're floating around, whatever. Maybe they're not in heaven. Maybe they're not, they're definitely not in heaven. Maybe they're not in hell, but they're somewhere, maybe whatever, hanging out. Who knows? This led to, uh, again, this, they may have a passport. They may not. We're not too sure. Right. Are they legal? They may not be legal. They might just be, yeah. So we had this idea about um, this classification of angels, and it led to other theologians saying, well, what about demons? There must be a classification of them as well. And in particular, this became important when uh, talking about exorcisms Mm. because it was thought to be very important when exorcising a demon to, uh, first off, to know kind of your enemy, right? To know what what angel or what heavenly thing or whatever has power over them, right? Obviously the Lord, but what is their, like, you know, their nemesis angel, right? So, you know, right. Venom has Spider-Man, Kingpin has Daredevil, right? Um, same, Literally same kind of idea, right? And actually that's where a lot of our names of angels come from. Um, the few that we do have are from these kind of things, these stories about an exorcist saying, you know, who is your chief rival or whatever? And then they give the name of an angel. Um, the other thing that was important was if you knew kind of the demon's hierarchy or his placement or whatever, then you could know what kind of firepower you had to use as a priest or as an exorcist. Yes. You, you spoke to it by name. Exactly. Right. right. You had to yeah. know the name. So, um, so there's a couple ways to classify demons. Then one of the most common is classification by their domain or by their, basically their, their special area of knowledge or special area of, of power. Um, so one of the most common of these is from um, the Lantern of Lights classifications. This is from 1409 to 1410, which was a uh, basically like an English pamphlet. And so this is where it uh, classifies demons based on their, their primary sin that they are in charge of. <clears throat> and so this has uh, Lucifer is the, uh, the, the demon of pride. Beelzebub is the demon of envy. Satan, who they make a distinguishing with between Lucifer and Satan here, is the demon of wrath. Abaddon mm-hmm. is the demon of sloth. Mammon mm-hmm. or Mammon is the uh, the demon of greed. Belphegor mm-hmm. is the demon of gluttony, and Asmodeus is the demon of lust. 
Oh, so you got your seven deadlies. Right. Nice. Now, there was also another classification based on kind of the role of the demon, right? So there's, this is from Alphonse de Spina, 1467. He said that there was demons of fate, incubi and succubi, the wandering armies of demons, familiars, druids, D-R-U-E-D-S, which basically mean nightmares, the cambians, which are um, basically the demons. They're, they're like part human, part demon. They're from the intercourse of a human and a demon. The liars are trickster demons, the demons that specifically attack the saints, and then the demons that are there specifically to induce old women to attend witches' Sabbaths. Oh, yeah, man. It's a union. Mm-hmm. Tough gig. Double overtime on that one. That's one of my favorite ones. But I just, again, so not good enough just to have a whole bunch of fallen angels that are now, you know, not only disgruntled, but will never will never know the light of God in heaven again. And shouldn't that be bad enough, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to put them into another bureaucracy, which sounds almost as laborious, if not more, than the one that they were in above. Right. So Right, because now they have to deal with the, uh, you know, with, the, you know, the demands of the elderly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bring me! I, I never get to see him anymore. I right. never get to see Satan anymore. The witches. When I'm supposed to fly. Where am I flying? <laughs> those are the ones Those are the ones that drive the, uh, the little bus, right, that the old ladies get on to go to the casino. Um, okay. Now, I didn't win anything at Foxwood this time. <laughs> Complete. Whip off. I want to know who I'm going to write a letter to, because I'm writing a letter. Sorry. No, it's fine. Now, there's another really... <laughs> no, an- we should not make fun of the elderly. No, we shouldn't. I love the elderly. It's terrible. I love the elderly, too. They're my favorite people. <laughs> the other one, or, or one, another common one, is the King James classification. Now, this is from the uh. dissertation titled Demonology. Um, and this was this one became... This is the King James that wrote the King James version of the Bible. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, sort of now your gold standard of Bibles. Yeah, absolutely. So he he broke it up into uh, four different distinct types of demons. There were spectra, which are mm-hmm. demons or evil spirits that disturb houses or uh, mess with solitary places. These are like ghosts, right? Poltergeists. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were there were demons of oppression, which are demons that dis- that follow people and cause them trouble, right? That oppress people. Mm-hmm. Demons of possession, which are the ones that will actually enter into the person and control them or cause them trouble inwardly. Mm-hmm. And then you have fairies who he described as demons that uh, prophesized, consorted with, or transported humans about. Oh, interesting. Now, and sort of through the lens of like what was happening with King James at that time, it's kind of interesting. It's very too. interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. the the probably though the one that is probably the best known for people mm-hmm. is the idea of them being, um, this is from Sebastian Michael's or Michaelis's book, admirable history. This one supposedly comes during an exorcism of the demon Bereth. When mm. Sebastian Michaelis was exercising this nun. Now this one is kind of the, the inverse of that pseudo Dionysian hierarchy we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one has a first, second, and then third hierarchy. The first mm-hmm. hierarchy are angels or demons that were once seraphim, cherubim, or thrones. So you had Beelzebub, who is a prince of the seraphim. He is just below Lucifer. Um, mm-hmm. Beelzebub, Lucifer, and Leviathan were said to be the first three angels to fall. And they are the, uh, Beelzebub is a demon of pride. Leviathan, who is... Um, and so, Beelzebub is opposed by St. Francis of Assisi. So this is, again, where we get this idea of the saints that oppose... And it's interesting. It's not the angels that oppose the demons. It is saints. Mm. So you have mm-hmm. Leviathan, mm-hmm. who uh, is the demon of heresy, opposed by St. Peter. Asmodeus, who, again, was a seraphim, um, is the demon of wantonness and is opposed by St. John the Baptist. Bereth, who is a prince of the cherubim, he is the demon of homicide and blasphemy and is opposed by St. Barnabas. Astaroth, who was a throne, he is a demon of laziness 
and is opposed Ooh. by Saint Bartholomew. Next, you have Varen, a uh, throne, mm-hmm. who is the demon of impatience. Seems a little bit out of place with this demon of homicide and wantonness, but whatever. Impatience. Demon of homicide and then the demon of not really wanting to wait in the line too long. <laughs> right, the demon of the DMV. All right, D- yeah, DMV um, demons. Well, you know, that's, that's pretty funny. Right, and then you, then, you have, uh, then you have Gressel, who is a throne, and Sonalian, who is a throne. Um, Boy, the thrones went down hard in this last uh, in this last uh, in this last round. Didn't they, they did. Um, so Ver- uh, Gressel was a uh, impurity, and Sonalin was hate. Mm. Um, Purity, hate, waiting in line too long. That's all. You know, the, you have to feel like if you were again not to anthropomorphize demons, but that you'd be like I'm. I'm the demon of impatience. You know, like they, they must have just been solely impatient with that. They must have been like, that is ridiculous. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, look at this one over here. You see this one? This one is homicide. So you kill other people. That's, that's, that is all that person does. Over, you know, that's like, but yeah, you get a little short-tempered and it's my problem. Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> now, what's interesting with these that you're going to notice is that we're, we're naming individual mm-hmm. demons, right? Yeah. It, it's thought, in a lot of these, it seems like the idea is that the demons that are of importance... Mm-hmm. are the high up ones. And there's only a couple mm-hmm. um, with angels. It was like, Oh yeah, the thrones, there was enough of them that you just called them the thrones. Yeah. Right. So um, it's interesting. And the other thing that is interesting too, in this is you have now female demons, right? Yes. At a certain point you get demons are not just, or which is not the same case with angels. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, you do. Right. And it's not, it's not necessarily true. Well, it's interesting because the angels you had, it seems like they're all men. That's the thing, right? They're all, they all seem to be male, but, um, but yeah, that's interesting. Actually. You never do talk about that with demons. There's considered to be female demons. There are female demons. Yes. Um, hmm. all right. But not so much with the angels. That's weird. Eh, what's you going to do? Second hierarchy, Marie. Mm-hmm. The second hierarchy are those that were powers, dominions, and virtues. Um, so you got Caro, who is power. Uh, he was a power. He was a hardness of heart. Carnival, that's one of my favorite ones, Carnival. Mm. Uh, guess what Carnival does, Marie? Uh, makes you upset after having too much fried butter. No, obscenity and shamelessness, the exact kind of things you do after a Carnival. Um <laughs> and you have Uliette, who is a dominion, um, breaks the vow of poverty. Ah, uh, okay. Rosier, a dominion who is uh, against sexual purity. And then Belias, who is a virtue who uh, tempts men to be arrogant and women to be vain. Oh. Also specifically called out as the demon of gossips during mass. <laughs> <laughs> seems like whoever seems like uh Sebastian Michaelis had a had a bone to pick with, you know, um I don't know, Betty next Again, door. A little, little lace. I'm just saying, I saw her out there. I don't know what she was wearing. It was white shoes, I'm telling you. So funny. And then uh finally the third hierarchy is uh Verrier, who was a principality, um attempts men against the vow of obedience. Olivier, who was an archangel, um, but again, small a, tempts men with cruelty and mercilessness, and then Louvart, who was an angel, um, who at the time was thought to actually be possessing another nun <laughs> named Sister Madeline. Now, what's interesting here is that, again, a, a lot of the times these lists are given with just names and then saying, like, they were this rank, and that's because a lot of these, a lot of this info comes from supposedly people... Um, exercising nuns and other people, right? Like they're like, tell me who you work for. And they're like, well, okay, you got Jerry. Who's kind of my direct supervisor. And then Billy, who's a little above Jerry, but he's more like a, it's more like a side by side kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we never see him. He's, he's on a lot of leave. Right. So, you know, family problems. it's, inter- it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I, it's hard to pin down. It's more hard to pin down, I think. And, and actually a part of me wonders if maybe the reason why, the names of uh, the names of the angels aren't given is because a name was thought to have magical power. True. If you're going to summon something, you summon it by name. Yeah. Right. You have to call it out. Yeah. Which is, you know, another big part in, 
in uh, Bible, right? How he uh, Jesus had to call forth Lazarus by name because if he didn't, all of the dead would have woken. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, other versions of this kind of go on. Another kind of se- a separate idea of this was basically lifting out the demons as being a hierarchy based on, again, kind of the same idea as like a court, right, that we had with mm-hmm. um, the angelic hierarchy. And so that's kind of the work that um, Simone Colin de Plancy wrote about in 1818. I'm sorry, written by Jax Auguste Simone Colin de Plancy in 1818 is in his Dictionnaire Infernal, or the Infernal Dictionary. And so what he wrote is that there were, um, there were princes and dignitaries. There were then ministers of the office. There were ambassadors, justices, um, houses of the princes, and then secret expenses. What's the secret expenses? Well, so, okay, so the princes and dignitaries were people like Beelzebuth, who was the mm-hmm. uh, chief of the hellish empire mm-hmm. and founder of the order of the fly. You have Satan, who of course is the chief of the opposition party <laughs> against God. Um, he, he based this off of European kind of self bloody stuff. splinters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had uh, Euronim, who was the prince of death. Moloch, who was the prince of the country of tears. Pluton, who was the prince of fire. Pan, who was the prince of incubi. And then Lilith, who was the princess of succubi. Um, you had a couple more, but whatever. Then you had uh, the ministers were people like Adramelech, who was the grand ca- chancellor and grand cross of the order of the fly. Ashtaroth, who was the treasurer. Uh, Nergal, who was the chief of the secret police. Baal, who was commander in chief of the armies of hell. Um, you had, so the ambassadors were people like Belphegor, who was an ambassador of France. Mammon, who was the ambassador to England. Belial, who was the ambassador to Italy. <laughs> Ramon, who was the ambassador to Russia. Um, it's interesting, right? Um, I like that, it. That's very specific. Right. And so then you had the justices, who were like Lucifer and Alastor. The houses of the princes were people like uh, Succor. Benoth was the chief of the eunuchs. Um, Camo was the grand chamberlain. Melcom was the treasurer. Um of a payer treasurer, which I don't even know what that means. Uh, but then, okay. So the secret expenses roll balls, who was the director of theaters Asmodeus, who was the superintendent of the gambling houses. Nibos, who was the grand buffoon, grand buffoon rather. And then uh, the antichrist, who was the charlatan and necromancer. Oh, necromancers. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, so again, Prob- I, I, it's it's kind of hard for me to pin down which one of these is like the most common one or which is the most influential, right? Like, which is the one that you've heard of the most, Marie? Or which which one do you think you've heard of before this? Uh, Beelzebub, right? Uh, Azrael. Yep. Um, Azrael's big. Beelzebub. You know, you got your. You know, again, it's like, you know, your your Beatles. <laughs> Mark. No, not Mark. Uh, Mark. I was going to say Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, but it's like the inversion of that, even in some ways. Um, but definitely, I would say those those are the big two. I love the idea that they've sort of got this whole this whole spread that's taking care of the entire you know the entire landscape of hell down to the theaters. It's interesting, right? Because <laughs> what are they what are they showing at the theaters in hell? I don't know old cartoons. Listeners, <laughs> tell us. What are they showing at the theater? <laughs> and I'll tell you what it's not. It's nothing with Nick Cage in it. It sure Mm-mm, isn't, my Marie. Friends. Uh, now, in the, in the modern days, one of the more common ideas about demons is that they are ranked by their cardinal directions. Oh. Now, this was, this was present in other times, too. This was present in the Middle Ages as well, of course, because, like, the directions of demons or the directions of the wind, the directions of the compass were thought to have magical power. Right, and actually, if you saw Hereditary, you know already one of these demons who is associated with the West, right? Payman mm-hmm. is the king or the prince in the West. And so these are said to be the demons that are directly below uh, Lucifer, directly below Satan. In, in these kind of readings, they're, they're most often put together. But again, I think if you've heard this episode, there's a little bit of disparity there. But so um, 
these are the four kings of hell who, who rule directly underneath the Lord of hell, which is Lucifer. Um, so you have Egin, who is, or Egin, E-G-Y-N, who is the, the north, uh, Oriens, who is the east, Amemon, who is the south, and then Paimon, who is the west. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting. So, um, and this is from books like the Grimoire of Pope uh, Honorius, the Book of Amramelin, um, and the uh, Ars Goetia as well. Um, which we'll we'll probably get into talking about a little bit. It's one of the books that supposedly was written by, you know, great magician or whatever, and it's like I talked to demons, mm. and it's like okay, sure you did, buddy. All right, I talked to demons, and they told me this. Yeah, it's weird. So uh, let's get let's get to the letter B, Marie. B. Oh my God, I love it. All right, hold on. B. I was trying to find. Oh. Uh, Bababat, actually a female demon. Ooh. Nightmare demon that causes death during sleep. Associated with trees from the Philippines. Interesting. That's a cool one. Uh huh. So my. Associated with trees. So mine is a uh, mine is ball. Ah. So um. Ball. Ball is the very first book in the Ars Goetia. He is mm-hmm. um considered a chief kind of demon. Right, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is considered, and so in in that reading, is considered the first demon of the east. Supposedly, mm-hmm. he speaks with a harsh voice. He has three heads: mm-hmm. the head of a cat, the head of a man, and the head of a toad. Now, what's interesting with this, and a lot of these—that's a lot. That's, that's a lot going on. It is a lot, and he's got the body of a spider too, mm. which is kind of scary. So. Um, <laughs> It's it's interesting. Comfortable. Anyways, that's that's him. That's Ball. Uh, all right, let's find. I am gonna go. I'm I'm rolling my dice, and I'm going to come up with. Uh, there's a lot in here with just like other name for Satan. So it's sort of like, <laughs> no, that doesn't that doesn't really ca- um that doesn't really count. They have Bast, which is the Egyptian goddess, mm-hmm. which doesn't, you know, I'm not going to count that in as, oh, here we go, uh, Barku. B-A-R-Q-U. Barku. Okay. The demon who keeps the secrets of the philosopher's stone. Hmm. Barbetus, Duke of Hades. Barbados. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Barbados is... Actually, in the Books of Magic by Neil Gaiman. Oh, if you remember, Marie, he's a little, oh, he's a little right. blue-headed, uh, oh, pink, right. uh, or, sorry, nude demon guy. Um, Barbus, a demon of mechanics, according to some hierarchy. Mechanics, so a demon of mechanics. So when you're, so when you are driving in Anaheim, and your air conditioning gives out, Barbus. Interesting. How about the letter C? Right. C is for cookie. Um, Charon, boatman of hell. Yeah, Car- right. yeah, yeah. Charon is Karen. good. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. So okay. So mine. Mine is Came. C A I M. Um, oh. he is. He was an angel before the fall. Yes. He okay. is now a president in hell. Right, so he's like that kind of like mm-hmm, a third mm-hmm. level below Satan. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. When he first appears, supposedly he appears as a thrush, and then he comes out as a human. If you tell him, like, no, stop it, you're bad thrush, become a human. Um, what's inter- thrush being a bird? Yeah, right? a bird. Now, what's interesting with him is that every it's time awesome. you're out there screaming at birds, supposedly yeah. if you <laughs> tell me your secrets, <laughs> if you, uh, you are not him. If you okay. if you give if you ask him mm-hmm. a question, supposedly he will answer in burning ashes. Um, so that oh. so he can't speak, I guess. Now, what what he actually can tell you though is that I'm he can. I'm done with that. In particular, why I think this is a fascinating one is that he has the ability to give you the, um, give you the knowledge to understand the language of animals, the languages of the trees and the oceans and the winds. Um, it's v- so why wouldn't his opposing saint be a CC? See, I don't know, and that's the thing is that. In so say like for instance in this book when it gives the, the when it gives the opposite power it gives the name of an angel. Oh. So it's kind of this question of you know again a lot of this stuff gets 
there's no hard and fast rules on any of this stuff, right? Because mm. what happens mm-hmm. is you have the Protestant Reformation and things just kind of get whacked, whacked out there. of space. Yeah, because suddenly you go from having one main church that had all the answers to, a, you know, an infinite number of churches all with different answers. And so what do you do? Like, you you got to pick one kind of, right? You have to pick one lane to be in. Yeah. But that's really hard. So which one do you pick? Who do you, right? Like, who do you follow? Who do you go with? It gets very complicated. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of disparity even in this information, but the kind of general overarching themes are all about the same, right? Um, it, Ooh, it's fascinating. I got a good one. I got a good one. So I have, I have two other ones. I have Corot, which okay. is just described as mercilessness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, mercilessness in case it's just a free floating, free floating demon, and then Corinalus, hmm. the demon of knowledge of liberal arts, <laughs> appears as a griffin, also grand president of hell. Hmm. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. Chew on that, Harry Potter fans. <laughs> So, um, I love the demon of the knowledge of liberal arts. I'm all like, damn. So that's why I got the degree. (laughs) So, um, so before we close out this episode quick, one, one interesting (sighs) thing here, one interesting thing. Hmm. If you have been paying really close attention, listener, Mm -hmm. you will notice that all of the, all of the names we've said so far seem to end in L or I L or A L. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Satan, notwithstanding, right? but a lot of the names are like, you know, Belial or, uh, right. Like Kumariel or whatever. Like the reason of that, or the reason that is given usually is that that root ending there in, uh, kind of the Semitic languages meant of the Lord. And so mm-hmm. since most demons were originally fallen angels, they had to have angelic names or they were thought to have angelic names at the time. But that actually gave kind of a really uh, a really difficult time for exorcists in the mid- in the Middle Ages, and I guess in some ways today, maybe. Um, where I should do where if a if a spirit gives you its name and it ends in L or Al or whatever, like Gabriel versus say like Gabriel, like how do you know which one is an angel and which one's a demon? And so, uh, Doctor Thomas Rudd actually had a, uh, a grimoire that he wrote. And so he, his, his reasoning or his idea here is kind of funny. It's basically to trick you trick the demon into giving you its real nature by uh, first getting their name and then asking them to basically state commanding them with their name to state that all of the angels who fell deserve deserved it. Basically they deserve to be condemned. And so in theory, what'll happen once you trick it into giving you its name, if it's an angel, it'll say, yes, they are, they are meant to be condemned. But if it's a demon, they'll try to challenge you. Right. And that's, and that's actually a big part of like this history is, you know, and it's a little, it's a little dark for this show. (laughs) It's a little complicated, but like a huge, a tremendous part of this history of demons is, or the history of angels, the history of any of this kind of like, a scientific-ish systematic breakdown of the 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 uh, celestial world of the angelic world, the heavenly world, whatever, is devising these tried and true methods, almost like experimental methods, that will get you the results you want every time, and that's where a big part of like this book I have here, you know, if it wasn't about something that I consider to be made up, right? Like it would basically like, it's, it's like any other, you know, a a scientific dictionary, right? Yeah. I was going to say, how many of these grimoires do you own? A lot, but you know, like, uh, like seriously though, I mean, you know, this might as well be like a periodic table, right? They're trying to classify these things, trying to group them into sensible ways. And they're trying to use them in a way to make predictions and to make workable solutions and when you get up to the time period of witch of witch trials of 
of major witch trials mm -hmm. hitting head on kind of, you know, the, the 1700s, the 1800s, where uh, science, the, these methods have been effective in some areas, right? But they haven't, mm -hmm. but they haven't done us any good in these other areas of say like spiritual belief or whatever. Right. And you come to a very uncomfortable period where the theologians, the people that the exorcist, the whatever have to start. Well, why did it work for, you know, why did it work for biology or botany? Why, why did it work for chemistry, but it's not working for demonology. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you get you, this is, this is the, I think the reason I find this so fascinating, Marie, is that this is like, you can see the story of a pseudoscience here building itself, having real yeah. world consequences, and then basically being like, oh no, we were wrong. <laughs> we're like, we burned all those ladies for nothing. Oh, we had all this, yeah, we had this perfect recipe or this perfect sort of incantation to figure this out that was supposed to be scientifically based and it's not adding up to something. Right. And that's the, and that's, I think ah. the really interesting thing with these grimoires too, is that they, they do, they read like cookbooks, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, you get this thing, you may get to this metal, like you stir, you know, a little pinch of salt. Well, seriously. And it's like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the idea being that anyone could do it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. um, right. But, but, so there's, it's just, I think it's fascinating, this idea of this categorization, this hierarchy thing, like it's, um, it shows you that we were thinking, we, we were thinking more about the world having to have a natural order, or the assumption that the world had to have a natural order. Or that this was part of that natural order, Ex right? Exactly. Yeah. And in some ways, and I think that's that kind we of- could make sense out of it. I think- Which I think is- admirable for humans right it's also our folly that we're going to be able to make sense out of everything in the world well, i was going to say in some ways it is like the it is in its own sense the biggest um like there are all these people who are writing about the sin of pride right mm -hmm. and how satan thought he knew so much and he was so smart and he was gonna be able to do it better than god and yet here you are writing a treatise on like you know, you're treating angels and demons and God's creation like it's a, you know, like it's different types of slugs, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Um, in, in its own way, it's ironically its own kind of testament to the pride of man. <laughs> well, it's, it, it really does feature what was the origin of the problem, right? Yeah. That we are, we're going to assume that we have this knowledge and art and literature and music that we'll talk about, especially surrounding surrounding the devil is always about the idea of it. This knowledge is attainable by, by humans and it will be understandable and it won't have a consequence. Right. Right. And so these first two episodes here, we kind of talked about this idea of classification. Where is, yeah. where is the theology at, at this point in time? Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to point some of these things out where, Oh, it looks, it looks like a science or it's treated like a science or whatever. The next episode here, we are going to go into now, how did culture shape this view? How did literature, how did the arts, how did theater, how did uh, television, even in the modern day, right? How did comic books, comic books, how did these things shape uh, our view of demons and demonology? And how is that now part of our, our modern lore? And where is the modern lore today? Right. Are there people, Absolutely. are there people exercising people in the modern day? There are. Should they be? Yes. Probably not. But whatever. Debatable. We're going to see. We're going to find out. It's going to be fascinating. All right, Marie. It's going to be good. Any last, any last minute words? All right. No, no, dear listeners. Just, uh, yeah. If Again, if you are going to go, if there's a movie playing in hell, what do you think it is? Tweet it out. Because <laughs> I, think, I think we'll have to have like a uh, film fest. It's got to be, I mean... It's got to be... Uh, I just love that. I just love it. It's got to be Fern Gully. It's got... oh. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh, that's pretty cold. Fern Gully. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I think it's uh, La La Land. Oh, maybe. I never saw La La Land. The pride of humans. On... Come at me. <laughs> behold. Come at me. I think it's La La Land. Behold man's most grotesque Ooh, I know. It's the shape. Yet. It's the shape of water. Why? Oh, I hated that. Oh, that doesn't mean it's the worst. <laughs> it's so bad. 
Oh, oh boy. God. All right. Thank you so Anyways. much for listening to your listeners. Yes. Thank you. And we will be talking to you soon. Yep. Good night. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all, and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, my story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>